So that's like the one thing that every business needs to change in how they tell their story is we're marketing like we are the hero. And so it's like, hey, we're story on. We're going to come in and we're the best agency. We can tell the best stories ever. And like, if you want to grow your business, you need to hire us because we can tell your story better than anybody else. The internet has made it easier than ever to start a business. Succeeding on the internet, now that's another story. The big question is, what are those who are succeeding doing differently? This podcast has the answers. Hi, my name is Lisanne Murphy. I've spent the last three years running a successful advertising agency. I noticed with certain clients, I ran into the same problem over and over again. Their offering was just not grabbing the prospect's heart and wrestling them into purchasing submission. Why? Many of these business owners were so far down the road in their journey and so in love with their product, they forgot who they were serving, missing some essential steps along the way. So I'm pivoting focus. Join me as I go behind the scenes with the most brilliant entrepreneur minds to demystify the nitty gritty marketing hacks needed to be successful before spending thousands on advertising that ultimately separate the internet legends from the dreamers. On the previous episode, you heard from me as I shared the last part in our six-part series all about dream traffic. I talked about the importance and use cases for customer archetypes that will just shift your entire thinking around dream customers. So make sure to check it out. But before you go, stick around as I've got Seth Silvers on next. Listen in to Seth's deep dive episode as he shares his amazing story as an entrepreneur and gives some tips on his expertise of copywriting and telling compelling stories that help people purchase and fall in love with brands. Okay, welcome. So excited for you to have you on the show with me today, Seth. Thanks so much for being here. Absolutely. Happy to be here. All right. I just wanted to introduce this amazing man because he's going to blow our minds today with the power of storytelling and marketing. So Seth Silvers is the founder of Story On, a marketing and media company focused on helping small businesses grow online by marketing with stories. He's also the host of the Small Business Storytellers podcast. He lives in Fort Collins, Colorado, loves traveling and spending time outdoors. So Seth, I'm so excited again to have you with us. Tell me, a l- tell us a little bit about your journey. How did you get to being this creator of Story On and having a podcast about stories and just being super passionate about that? Yeah, well, I'm, I'm happy to be here and happy to share. Um, for me, it's been something where there's certainly, I can look back and see a lot of threads where like it makes sense where I am, but then also looking back, um, I just feel like we, we never know. Like there's so many unexpected things that happen in our story that bring us to where we are and stuff. And so for me, logistically, I started story on four years ago and I was just pretty frustrated with marketing. Um, and just felt like in general marketing was really inauthentic and just not really, uh, customer focused. It was focused on, you know, profit and focused on just making as much money as we could, as a company could, whether that was actually in the best interest of the customer or not. And so I was kind of just had this like growing frustration and felt like it was just time to do something about it. Um, kind of setting the stage for that moment. I, when I was in high school, I, 
really learned the power of stories because me and my friends started a nonprofit and we wanted to see the young people in our community um, really rally together. And we wanted to see there just be more unity amongst young people of different backgrounds. And so um, the challenge was how do we get, you know, we're putting on these events, these kind of unity events every eight to 10 weeks in our community. How do we get people that believe different things, have different opinions, how do we get them to come together? And so we had to tell one story that everybody could agree with. We had to find a rallying story that people could get behind um, and that would cause them to like look past their disagreements. And so when that worked and we had, you know, several hundred kids coming to these events every couple weeks or every couple months, we realized, you know, like, the story is really what people are coming for. Like the story, like buying people buying into a story that's bigger than themselves. And so I don't feel like I had the clarity to like understand what was happening. It's kind of one of those things that you look back and you have a, more clarity on it. But that moment for me really locked me in on like, okay, storytelling is really powerful. And then I was just paying attention to the brands that I loved and recognizing I want, I was like compelled by, brands that shared their story and that were actually focused on giving back and focused on using business as a tool to make an impact. And so once I kind of, I was seeing these brands and just kind of wondering like, you know, what is, what is this? And the, the moment that really changed it all for me was when I was watching the Super Bowl, and I was just super excited for all the ads. And this was when I was in college, probably eight years ago, nine years ago. Um, and I just left super underwhelmed and I, I kind of left with this question in my brain that kind of plagued me of what would happen if these brands focused more on telling stories than on just marketing their products. Like, and I, I didn't know the answer, but I, for the next couple of years, just continued to pay attention and ask that question as I studied storytelling and marketing of wondering like, what would actually happen? Like, would it actually work for a company to try and market with stories? as opposed to just like the catchiest ads. And so that was, that's kind of what led me to wanting to start a agency four years ago that, uh, that storytelling wasn't just something we did. It was like, it wasn't just an option. It was the option. Like everything we did was focused, is focused around storytelling. I love that. I love how it, it was, it, it was, it's, it almost seems like a calling, right? Like you have been for, decades been feeling the power of stories and it just led to eventually you being like, I have to do something with this. Like, yeah. And that's why, that's change. why I say like, there's certainly unexpected moments along the way that you can't predict and that, you know, you don't know the impact for years of what they have, but then also like, I do feel like it's been this, um, I feel like I've been, I don't feel like I've done a million different things. Um, it's looked different ways, but even in college, like I was working with helping grow organizations and different things. And so it's just like, I feel like I've been on the same path for, um, about 15 years now. That's awesome. I love it. So when it finally became clear to you that you needed to, um, help businesses be more authentic and more real through stories, like what, what's the goal for this? Like, did you, did you have like this? I, I want to affect this many businesses or accomplish this with this tool or like, like where, where were you going with this? Or was it just like, mm -hmm. I just have to get the power of stories out there. And that's, I don't know how else, how else to do that, but that's what I got to do. Yeah, that's a good question. I, the first thing that came to my mind with that is um, just some more like, I feel like on a personal level, 
Um, I've never wanted money to make the decisions for my family. Um, I want to be able to make the decisions that are right for my family. And I've even seen like in my business, in the, in the seasons where I haven't necessarily had to be like where the top priority hasn't been paying myself. I've actually been able to make more uh, authentic and better long-term decisions for the business because I'm thinking about what's better over time rather than what's better this month that pays me and kind of moves the business forward and stuff. So I think that I've always been really passionate about um, money just being a tool. And so for me, like I kind of had a feeling that I was going to own my own business one day and some of my mentors are extremely successful businessmen who have used business as a tool to give back. So personally, there are just some goals to um, be able to really utilize money as a tool for us to live the life that we feel called to live um, and to give in the way that we feel called to give. And then kind of bigger than that, I honestly, the, the goal is behind story on is when I see so many small businesses that truly are doing better work, like they're more driven by their passions. They're more authentic. The goal is to help those guys grow and help the big guys that are just focused on money are just focused on like scale and getting stuff out as quickly as they can. Um, and they're not really focused on the customers. I, I want those people, I, I don't really want them to, I guess, go out of business, but I want our culture to be more about um, finding the authentic businesses and the people that are investing their heart and soul into their business and making it easier for them to succeed. So I, I kind of have to split it up like on a, there's goals on a personal level, but then on a, on a big business level, it's like, I just want to help authentic businesses grow because they deserve to grow. And I, the last thing that I want to see is more businesses shut down because they don't realize like, oh, you should have been telling your story. Like you shouldn't have been trying to market like the big guys because you're not the big guy. I love it. I love it. Yeah. Um, well, and I, I'm so excited to, to get into more about how you help them um, identify and use their story. But before, before we do that, um, tell us a little bit about like, as, as you've had this idea and really defined who it is you want to work with and the impact that you want to make, what are, what are some of the, the roadblocks that have, that have come against you mm -hmm. and had, had made, made this, this, uh, this venture more than a venture, but an adventure? Yeah, absolutely. The, I would say the biggest roadblock has been myself. Um, like hands down makes me feel stupid to say it, but it's just like, that's the truth is um, the, I'm seeing more and more that the health of a business is really, really connected to the health of the person leading the business. Especially I think when you're in a small, when you're truly like a small business, you don't, you don't necessarily have, all the infrastructure around you for other people to be taking charge and all this stuff when it's still kind of all on you. Um, like if you're healthy, things are going to be moving forward. And if you're not, and if you're dodging fears and all this stuff, then uh, that's gonna be a big problem. So I think that there's been a lot of challenges just personally of, um, I mean, some of the, the simple stuff that is easy to say, get over it of like, being afraid of failure, um, even being afraid of success sometimes. Um, and uh, just like having, I think, an, in a connected way, all of the challenges I feel like I can connect to insecurities of myself that I'm working through. But like a big challenge has been um, finding the right market 
and finding out who's the right audience for us to serve. Um, not just who could we possibly serve, but who are we supposed to serve? And so kind of narrowing that audience has been really challenging. Um, knowing our worth and I think like pricing and not um, just giving discount after discount after discount so that we stay busy and then get burnt out. Um, and, and I think a big challenge for me has been team, like kind of does the chicken or the egg come first? Like, do you put a lot of investment in and try and like hustle to hire a team so that you can handle big contracts and hire a lot of projects? Or do you get a lot of projects and then hire a team later, which will require you kind of owning it all for a while and potentially that, I mean, that comes with a whole other slew of issues and stuff. So I would say if I had to like narrow it down, it's been hard for me to not want to serve everybody. And it's, uh, I think just knowing like kind of team and business model, like how to actually like grow and position the business to grow have been some of the bigger challenges. I love that. And I think that every small business runs into, runs into those issues. And I really just want to emphasize again, that point that you said at the very beginning, which was just like a nugget. I'm, I'm going to create a meme of, of you with this, that the health <laughs> of the business is directly correlated to the health of the entrepreneur. Totally. Yeah. It's a huge thing. It's and I feel bad thing. sometimes like, uh, with like teammates or employees or anything, because it's like, and it's not that they don't make an impact in it at all. Like, I mean, you cannot do it alone. I feel like that's one thing that I'm coming to grips with is like, I just, I cannot do it by myself. Um, and never will be able to, but it's funny and it makes you feel really, I guess, hyper aware of what you're actually doing and how important it is to be healthy as a leader when you realize that there's other people following you and the success of like, or I guess the stability of like their job of the future of the company. If that, if that rests on you being a healthy individual, then like it carries a lot more weight when you have other people. Yeah, for sure. For sure. Then you just feel terrible if you're like not caring and an unhealthy person and losing clients and all this stuff, then like, it doesn't just affect you. Right, right. Well, and, and not to mention that you're supporting their family as well. Exactly. Like beyond their mental well-being, like you're actually yeah. providing for them. Which Yeah, which, which I like, think some people like, um, and I've had moments where it's probably easier to feel like that pressure can either, like it'll either cause you to just snap or it'll, and this is, I, I hate using such a cheesy ex- like example, but like the pressure of diamonds, like that pressure of knowing how important it is to be healthy as an entrepreneur is either going to cause you to like snap and break or cause you to actually like turn into a diamond and stuff. Like, I think we get to choose what to do with that pressure. And I would love to say I always choose the right direction, but like that pressure just gets to us in different ways at different times. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I love it. So I, I, first of all, I just want to thank you so much for like being so real and authentic yourself. I mean, it's clear to me why you love to work with authentic businesses because you yourself are very authentic. So you've kind of like talked about like two, two roadblocks that you, that you are dealing with as a business person. One being the, um, personal being healthy and making sure that you are, uh, are in the right mindset and, and in the right place to succeed in your business. But you've also talked about this, this struggle to know when to bring in a team. 
um, and how to best utilize others in the growth of your business. So I'd love to give you an opportunity to pick one of those and mm -hmm. share what is, what is a, um, a, a strategy or a tactic that you've used to help you move through that issue. Yeah, that's, it's hard because I feel like I'm not on the other side of any of them. And Still in the middle of it. <laughs> probably feel like I, I don't know if I ever will be um, in some ways, but um, I can, I'm happy to talk about the team side of it just because that's been, um, that's been an interesting one for the last year. So I'll, yeah, let's, I'll, do it. let's dive in any questions you have about that. Awesome. Yeah. So what is something that um, a strategy or tactic that you've used to know either when to hire somebody on a team, you mentioned that, um, or what to involve them in, mm -hmm. um, any, anything that you've learned about growing teams in, in your business would be great. Yeah. Um, I've, I've mostly just worked as, with contractors. Uh, that's been kind of the majority until and actually get it going back to the start. I started the business as with a 50, 50 partner. Um, and then we also hired like a copywriter and stuff. So there's three of us at the start and a year in that, um, that kind of like blew up a little bit, uh, in a classic, good way or a bad way, a bad way, <laughs> classic business partner divorce. <laughs> uh, and so it just wasn't the right option for him, um, for the other business partner. And I was starting to sense that. And so early on, um, not early enough, but early on, I, we kind of sat down and I was just like, you know what, if this isn't right for you, then like, it's doing nobody a disservice. It's like, it's a disservice to everybody involved for you to stay involved. Um, like if you know, you're going to be heading out eventually, um, then you sticking around longer is it's going to hurt the company and it's also going to hurt it's going to hurt whatever you're going towards next um and stuff and there were some there were some things that we like didn't get in writing i know when we started the business like he had some other income coming in and so he said that he was going to work 30 hours a week and not get paid for the first year we did not get that in writing which was a mistake um and stuff because that ended up being a lot harder to actually like implement once it come down and came down to it and came down to like, well, he had a family and stuff too. And so I think that first year was just like the challenges of like running an actual partnership. Um, and then eventually, um, buying him out and realizing it was just like not the right option. And so I actually felt like I kind of retreated, um, to where it was like, okay, I don't really want anybody else in. <laughs> I'll just do it all on my own. And yeah, so, it'd be easier, less painful, yeah. right? Yeah, exactly. And so for like two years, I kind of, and there were some, there were some financial issues I had to overcome as a result of some things that happened and stuff with him. And so um, that for that next like year, I took on a lot larger contracts that would suck up almost all of my time, but would be stable. And so for about two years, I was kind of like handling these larger contracts so that I could um, kind of get the company back to a better place financially. Uh, and I kind of hid behind that, honestly, until the end of 2018, like middle, middle to end of 2018. I just kind of like hid behind stability. I knew the contracts I had coming in were, you know, it was more money than I was spending I kind of knew what I was going to be able to pay myself each month. I was getting to do consulting work and like work with 
businesses and helping them tell their stories. And then I had kind of two clients I was doing like hourly marketing work for. And I came to the place where um, I just realized like it just was not, it wasn't, um, it just didn't feel right. It was like, I felt like I was hiding behind the stability and I was never going to be able to actually grow the business in the way that I wanted to. And so I found myself in the place where I was, um, it was just me. I didn't have a team and I, um, had, uh, I had this moment where I realized that I was, even though I, I'm not really a graphic designer, I felt like the graphic designer who has a crappy website, like the, or the website builder who's like building really good websites for everybody else, but you go to their website and it sucks. And it's so easy in the marketing world to be bad at marketing yourself. Um, and so I initially, I can't remember if I like got another contract to pay for it or whatnot, but I hired somebody at 10 hours a week and their first project was only marketing story on. Like it was just like creating content, editing content for us. And so they were editing uh, YouTube videos, Instagram content. This was when we were going to get the podcast up and going. Um, and so that was actually like the first time that I kind of came out of hiding was to hire somebody super part-time to market my own company. Um, and then the goal was that I could kind of scale that up. And then within about four months, that person, I was able to kind of show the model that we were doing to other companies. Um, and they were like, wait, great. That's what we need. And so I was able to kind of scale that person's position up. And within about four months, they were full-time, um, and stuff. And so that, I guess the strategy for me of that was one, like just recognizing, I had to really realize that I was kind of hiding behind stability. And then um, coming into 2019, like I would love to say that I am a bigger company than I am and that I have 20 team members and stuff. But the reality is like, there's some people I contract work to and I have a full-time employee and I work a lot. Um, And I'm like waiting for the moment to hire a project manager and stuff. So for me, it's just been like, what are trying to take it I, I don't know if it's the right strategy or not, but I've been trying to just take it like one step at a time. Um, I'm very aware of the next roles that I want to hire. Um, and so like for me, like as soon as I can, I'm going to hire somebody part-time as like a project manager and like detail person so that I'm working less on the details of the business and the details of our like week to week client communication um, and stuff. So that then I can focus more on like the strengths that I have. So it's definitely been piece by piece. Um, we actually just in the last week, and the, the bummer part about like touting, like promoting authenticity is you kind of have to like share it all. <laughs> and we're like, realize that we're like realizing that like we just started a YouTube series where every week we're facing one of, we're like, we're talking about one of the big challenges that we're facing in our company as we grow our company. So we're like putting our goals out there and every week saying like, here's what we're dealing with. Uh, and when you have a week like the last week where we lose our largest client, it's like, well, I guess we have to talk about it. I guess we have to be honest about it and stuff. And so even now I'm realizing like there, this client was, a, I didn't have a big, and I didn't have the right team in place to be able to take on this contract. Um, and so then I ended up putting it all on myself. And so now we're a little bit more aware of like, there's some contracts in some scale of some scale and some size that uh, I'm just going to have to wait 
to take on uh, until I have a project manager, creative director, until I have like a three to five person team that could handle one of these contracts. Um, I can't really do it. So it's just the strategy has been figuring it out and trying to be totally honest about where we're at and what's working and what's not working. Mm, I love that. Wow. Thank you so much for like pulling back the curtain um, and, and giving us a window into what it, what it's like and being raw because that's all real. And I, I identify with every single thing that you've said as a, as an agency owner, um, I've had all of those experience, whether it's a contract that's a little, little too big for your, for your boot size in the moment or, um, hiring the wrong person or partnering with the wrong person or whatever. Um, so those are all, all too common experiences. So I appreciate you just being real and raw with, with that. Yeah, absolutely. So I want to, I want to, um, pivot directions just a little bit. So let's, let's talk a little bit about what you do with your, with your people, with your Mm -hmm. clients that you work with. Um, one of the things that really stuck out to me is, uh, when, when we were emailing back and forth, as you said, um, what does someone do once they have captured their story? I was Mm -hmm. like, uh, that's an amazing question. So I would love for you to go into that. But even before that, like talk about like if you have like specific, uh, like a framework of like what makes mm-hmm. a good story uh, for the authentic entrepreneur, I'd love for you to share that and then go into um, what do you do with that story once once you have it nailed down? Yeah, absolutely. So kind of to like, I, over the last four years, I've really done it all in the sense of done almost anything connected to storytelling. So we've done web design, branding, copywriting, video, launching podcasts, kind of like anything and everything um, that people who have came to me and said, like, we have a great story and we need help marketing. And we have, you know, maybe we have 10,000 bucks and maybe we have 300 bucks. Can you do it? Um and up until recently, I haven't really had the discipline to say no. Uh, <laughs> it's all good experience, right? Yeah. Um, yeah. And that's just something we've had to learn is figuring that out and stuff. Right now, we're focusing um, really on a few elements of it, which is one, like we uh, have a membership site where we actually teach people like, here's how to market yourself. Here's how to market with your story, where we teach entrepreneurs Um, and businesses how to tell your story we teach them what to do with it and we also teach them like how do you actually build an online brand with online content and stuff so that's kind of more of like a DIY model where we're coaching and consulting um, for clients that the reality is they don't have five thousand dollars to hire an agency or ten thousand dollars a month to hire an agency and so they have to be doing it on their own or their college intern social media specialist who they hired because they're young and look like they know how to use a phone. Like that, like it's kind of, I feel like a lot of businesses have like those people that they're like, okay, go grow us online. And so the membership program is kind of designed for people that for small businesses that they just don't have the budget to hire an outside agency. And that's a lot of people. Um, beyond that, we're focusing also on brand story videos and just doing a really good job of um, creating cinematic videos that are kind of your two to four minute sweet spot video that shares your story, shares why you do what you do, all of that stuff. I think every single company needs that video. Um, There's no excuse not to have it. So we're really like focusing on those two buckets. 
out of those. Um, occasionally there's clients that are just like the right fit. We align with what they're doing. We align with their values and they need more like monthly marketing work and where we're actually creating videos and online content for them every single month. So, um, there's, that's kind of like the progression of how things work as far as like the framework for what some, how somebody can tell their story. There's no right answer and there's so many ways. Um, I could probably pick like, I'm looking in, at a bookshelf and there's probably like 10 different books that all say this is the best way to write a story. So I think there's a, a million different formulas. Um, I do really, really love the concept of the hero's journey and it's kind of been more popularized in the last like five, six years in the business community. But this is actually a storytelling formula that has been used for uh, thousands of years. Like Homer used this when he wrote the Iliad and the Odyssey and JK Rowling wrote it with all of her books and Tolkien used it and C.S. Lewis, like all of these. I mean, it's just like an age old uh, storytelling formula. And that formula is initially where you have this character that goes on a journey and this character um, starts running into some challenges and they meet a guide who can empathize with them and who gives them a plan. And then the character follow, follows the plan and either succeeds or fails. It's like super, super simple. Called the hero's journey because you have a hero and a guide. Most businesses market as if they're the hero. So that's like the one thing that every business needs to change in how they tell their story is we're marketing like we are the hero. And so it's like, hey, we're story on. We're going to come in and we're the best agency. We can tell the best stories ever. And like, if you want to grow your business, you need to hire us because we can tell your story better than anybody else. As opposed to you as an entrepreneur want to make an impact. Like you have a passion behind your business and you have a story that people want to hear. We would love to come alongside you and help you by getting that story out. This little language pieces that we shift, like just words. But when customers are hearing that they're at the center of the story, it's like a whole different thing. And so I think that that's the formula that people need to step into is understanding that you are not the hero of your own story. Like you are the guide. Hopefully the tools and the services and the resources that you're providing to your customers are you know, slowly piece by piece going to help your customer to become like the hero of their own journey, getting to live the life of their dreams. And so when I think of like what, when there's so much out there, like I could talk for hours about different, like little mechanics of storytelling that I love and that are important, but like, that's the one thing, like businesses are not the hero, you're the guide. I love that. So, so talk more, can you speak more into that in terms of mm -hmm. why that's so important? Yeah, it's important because, um, it, I mean, it's important because it really does show, I mean, one, it's just how people operate. Like for thousands of years, uh, really for almost until, I don't know, was it the 1800s when the Gutenberg, when the printing press was created by Gutenberg? Like pretty much until 200 years ago, um, the majority of information was just passed on through stories. And they didn't like, they could have written it on scrolls and they wrote stuff on scrolls for sure and passed those on, but you couldn't do that at scale. You could tell a story at scale. And so I think that it's important to recognize that the best way to transmit information and for people to remember something is through a story. Like we're designed, we're programmed 
to remember information when it's told in the form of a story. And so then like, why are we just like throwing like PowerPoint presentations at people in bullet points? Um, like Steve Jobs never used bullet points in his, uh, in his presentations. He didn't write his own presentations, but uh, agency did. But like the point of recognizing that in the business space, a lot of times we're just trying to like throw information because we've done all this homework, we've done all this research, we're industry experts. And so it's like if I overwhelm them with information, surely they'll get the same revelation I have. And in reality, like we just have to tell a story and that customer has to be at the center of that story. And when they are, um, this beautiful thing happens, which is like there's this connection where the story is actually transmitted. And best case scenario is when you have a company where their products actually like align with that person's journey. Um, I don't really care about Coca-Cola. It's not going to help my life. I don't really even like it. So like if Coca-Cola tells like a really, really good story to me that connects their product to me, then like, I don't know, it doesn't mean that much. But if I like love the outdoors and I have a brand like Patagonia or somebody that tells a story about something that I care about and then shows that the products that I'm buying through them is actually connecting me to that cause that I care about, then there's this moment where it's like, oh my gosh, I'm a part of this larger story. Not only am I a part of it, I'm actually like partially the hero of it. Like me as a customer, I'm getting to make an impact through these companies. That's fascinating. So it sounds to me like when you put the customer as the hero in the journey, um, they create an identity with your service or your offering. Yeah. And I mean, everybody has, I, I was just reading this morning and this book talked about how um, we all have, we all like are battling with two people. There's like the person we are and the person we could be. And everybody's like constantly kind of thinking about those people and whether or not we attach shame and insecurity between that gap or whether we're inspired and motivated, like that's a whole nother conversation. But like, we're constantly thinking about these two people. And so I like to look at it and Nancy Duarte is a really good voice into this. Um, and she has a Ted talk from, I don't know, it was probably like 10 years ago and she dissects certain presentations and she talks about this gap between where we are and where we could be and how everybody kind of has this journey. And so as a business, if we can come in and have services that help our target audience, our ideal audience, like the niche that you're serving, if your services help them get a little bit further from where they are to where they could be then you're going to become an essential part of their story and stuff. And they're going to feel connected to your products because you're not just helping them to have a good day. Like you're helping them to narrow that gap between who they are and who they could be. That, that is powerful. I love that. Um, so can you, can you give an example of, um, and you don't have to name company names if it's confidential, but like a company where their results were changed dramatically by telling a story like this, where they, changed from just talking about their products to actually focusing on the customer and making the customer the center of it all? Yeah. I mean, there's a lot of like micro examples of like small companies. Um, you know, we've had a chiropractor client that we've worked with for a long time and they do a lot of really uh, more innovative techniques and stuff. And so like people seeing their stories 
um, on Facebook and through Facebook ads and online, like it's definitely helped to, um, you know, like relieve misconceptions that they have. And we've even done a lot of like educational stories where, you know, you're identifying some of the misconceptions people have about a product and they're being overcome. And so then people are willing to come in and address some health issues that they have. And so like, that's like hugely significant. Like my sister-in-law's life was like literally completely changed, like gone from like at the end of a work day, having to like crawl to bed to now having no pain. Um, so it's like, that's like, like, I'm sure she would tell you that like, this is the, like, that is the most life-changing story ever. But it's like this, there's all of these pockets of macro stories in communities that like are not on a huge level, on a huge, like bigger, like more renowned level. Um, I mean, I think that Tom Shoes was kind of one of the ones that when they first started, I want to say in 2007 or 2008, they were kind of the first one in the one-to-one model and the buy one, give one. But um, I mean, they've just made a huge impact over, over the years um, and stuff. And they're, they're a company that actually started from the beginning focusing on the story and focusing on, Hey, here's the work, here's the impact that you're doing. So I think they're a good example on a larger level. Um, there's tons of examples of what I would call like greenwashing. And that term is becoming a lot more, um, a lot more common in the like uh, ESG kind of like environmental sustainability world where uh, companies are pretty much just telling stories so that people think they're more responsible. Um, Mm. I have no problems talking about how I dislike Budweiser uh, partially because there's a lot of wonderful craft beer in Colorado. Um, (laughs) But like they're the perfect example of a company that every year at the Super Bowl, they tell these amazing tear jerking stories with like puppies and horses and animals and then they just like throw their logo up at the end. So like to me, that feels totally manipulative because what we're doing is we're tapping into like human nature to create an emotional response so that we get somebody in a like place where they're going to be more susceptible to receiving information about a brand in a memorable way. And then we throw our logo up and the, the story actually has nothing to do with our product, nothing to do with what we're doing. We're just telling the story to get people in a vulnerable place so that then we can sell our product to them that doesn't help them. When that I see happens, that more and more. My roommate oh, and I crazy. have just have actually started a game. Like whenever we're watching something on TV and the commercials come up, we always try to guess what the product is going to be. Like I think especially like the pharmaceutical industry does this. Yeah, it's like a right it, you could play like Russian roulette with it. Like you, it's <laughs> like you could just like it's you never know the product that's going to actually be because it's so random. Yeah. Sorry. I didn't mean to interrupt you. I was no, just like, Oh my good. gosh, I'm seeing that all over yeah, the place. It's, it's all over the place. And so then I think when you see it on a, when you see that happen really well, like when you see somebody tell a story that connects with somebody emotionally, that like really connects with their values. And then you connect a product with, um, with, you could like kind of like connect a product to that story in a way that actually like it goes full circle. Um, then like, I don't think it's manipulative. I think that it's intelligent. I think it's recognizing like what makes people tick and, and providing them products that actually are valuable. I don't, 
I don't ever understand. Like there's some industries that this will never work for. This will never, ever work for the tobacco industry. Like this will never work for industries that are destructive um, and stuff. But like, I, I remember one of the videos that I saw that kind of was like, showed me like this can be done. Like it kind of, I was thinking about starting the company. And when I saw this video, I realized, oh, this, this is actually possible. And it was one of Casey Neistat's videos uh, on YouTube. And it was when the movie Secret Life of Walter Mitty came out. And they reached out to him as an influencer and said, hey, we want to give you $25,000 to make a YouTube video promoting this movie. And he was like, and, and they, I think they said in there, like, the movie's about following your dreams. And so he's like, can I just use the $25,000 to like fulfill a dream that I've had and make a movie about it and have full creative control? And they were like, sure, why not? So the next day, Typhoon Haiyan hit the Philippines. Hugely destructive Typhoon. He travels to the Philippines and spends every cent of the $25,000 buying food and shovels and materials and filled like two suit two um not suitcases school buses up with materials and sent and drove them to communities that needed them that had just been destroyed and then he at the end of it talked about how when he thinks about was one thing he's always dreamed of doing that it's that that was one of the dreams and he made an eight minute video about it like 10 million people saw it on youtube and at the end of it he said there's this movie coming out about following your dreams and why it's important to connect with your dreams and you should go see it it was beautiful because it actually connected like the movie that he was talking about wasn't like about sex and stupid stuff that wasn't about my dreams it was like actually connected because when i saw that i recognized like oh man like i want to follow my dreams oh, there's this movie coming out that would encourage me to follow my dreams. And so it was like, that's, it, it came full circle. And it was just like this beautiful example of how to actually craft a story in a way that supports something that will make an impact in people's lives. I love that so much. Oh, wow. So you, I, yeah, so many examples. And I, I feel like, I feel like we could talk about this for a really, really yeah. long time. So I'm for sure going to have to come back. Yeah, on, on our, I don't mean to, plug but like on one of the things we're starting to do more on story on's youtube channel is um every single week just talk about examples of people that are either doing it really well or doing it really bad when it comes to marketing with stories so we're starting to get more of these examples out there i love that yeah well since you brought it up i'd actually love for you to tell the listeners like how they can how they can interact with story on um tell us a little bit more about your podcast the youtube channel um, and if you have anything else that you'd love to to share with them, then then now's a great time to do that. Yeah, absolutely. Um, first off, I'm always open to a conversation. So my email is seth at storyon.co. And I feel like that's always a great place to to start. Um, but and we we'll do, put that in the notes as well of, of the episode. Yeah, I would encourage the listeners to check out our podcast. Um, it's called The Small Business Storyteller Show. The goal is... Uh, really counterproductive to growth because everybody tells you when you start a podcast, get famous guests so they can share it with their big audiences. But our goal is to find small business owners who almost nobody knows about and see what we can learn from their successes and failures. And so a couple, usually two to three episodes a week that we're releasing of conversations with different small business owners around the country. Um, and then we have two different series uh, like episodic series that we're publishing on YouTube. One is uh, building the brand, which is kind of 
what I mentioned before, going into different challenges we have in our own company. And then the other one is marketing with stories. We're just talking about how do you actually do this? And so podcast or small business storytellers on YouTube is just story on, or you can search my name, Seth Silvers. Awesome. Well, thank you so much. I'm sure that our listeners are going to love those, those resources because stories becoming even more important, especially as I, as I found with my social media um, advertising agency, um, people on social media are becoming more and more desensitized to advertisements. And so unless Mm -hmm. you're connecting with story, it's really, really hard to even get their attention. Um, And so I'm, I, I just am a huge proponent of, of storytelling and what you're doing. And I am just a huge cheerleader for, for everything that you're trying to put out there. Awesome. Well, yeah, thanks. It is, it is important and it's becoming, it's becoming more popular. Like more people are realizing that this, this storytelling thing is actually here to stay. Um, and actually that it's kind of always been here. It's right. like people are kind of coming back and realizing like, oh wait, this is, this is the yeah. way that good companies have always grown. Exactly. Awesome. Well, I always love to end with talking about the transformation of the entrepreneur that I talk to. So you've, I mean, you've dropped some serious gold nuggets that I know could only come from walking through the fire on things yourself. And so I would love for you to take a minute, Seth, and just talk about what are some of the unseen, unplanned for transformations that have happened in your life, maybe in your family's life, and even in your business as you embarked on um, with story on? Hmm. That's a good question. And I've heard that anytime you're interviewing somebody and they say, that's a good question. It's because they don't have a good answer yet. No. <laughs> because they need to actually, they're giving themselves they a second about it. <laughs> um, I, you know, a big transformation for me, and this is super raw, like super recent. And what I'm realizing is, um, realizing that I can't do it alone. And, um, I would say realizing that I can't do it alone and realizing that I need to go at my own pace and not the pace that like the world subscribes for me. Um, I personally find a ton of value and motivation out of like achievement and process and lists. And like, I love that type of stuff. I'm an Enneagram three, if anybody knows what that means. So I just like, I love like progress and goals and stuff. Um, and so I've always depended a lot on my own ability to like do things better or do things younger or do things quicker than other people. And uh, recently I've just realized that that is kind of a facade and it's kind of a lie. And that uh, the reality is like we need support and we need people around us to like really bring those strengths out. And so that's been one thing that I've won like big transformation that um, right now feels pretty monumental because it's requiring me to like dive in deep and realize a lot of things that I believed for a long time and recognizing that like, yes, I have all of these gifts. Um, and I have all these things that, you know, I've like the way I'm wired is a strength for sure. But if I'm not incorporating other people into that to like sharpen those tools and to like come alongside me on my journey, then I'll never get to where I'm going. And so that's one thing that I'm realizing and and with the pace, recognizing that pace might be, it might be slower. It might take 10 years instead of one year. Like this story on thing might not like get to the place that I dreamed of it being for another 20 years, or it might be there in six months. I have no idea. Um, But recognizing that like the pace 
doing it at a pace where I can be healthy and where my family can be healthy is like the utmost importance. And if that means that it takes longer for us, then it takes longer for us. It's just not worth it to like lose everything I care about in order to build my business over the next year. That's wonderful. I, I love not, it. Such I have sound not advice. always, I have not always felt that way. So that's been something that has been a transformation to get there. Well, and my, my bet is that it's relieved a huge burden for you as well. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it absolutely has. I love it. Well, Seth, thank you so much for, for being on this podcast, being real about your business, real about yourself, real about the things that you are working on and the things that you are helping other people work on as well. Um, and thanks for, uh, thank, thanks for being a hero on, on this show today and for helping our listeners understand that they're the hero of their story as well. Absolutely. Thank you so much for having me on. And uh, yeah, I encourage any listeners to remember that you are not the hero and the quicker you swallow that pill, the better. I love it. All right. Well, thanks so much. This is Seth Silvers, everybody. Um, tune in to next time. Thank you for tuning into the Marketing Matrix podcast. On the next episode, we hear from Dr. Benjamin Hardy. Ben is a great friend of mine. We became friends before both of us were even entrepreneurs. This powerhouse author has built an email list of, listen to this guys, close to half a million subscribers from blogging. He is a number one writer for Medium. He has authored multiple books that have sold thousands of copies, and he is here to tell us about his book that is releasing this week. Guys, take it from me. This guy is a genius, the real deal. We are so stoked to have him. So make sure you check out his episode next week. And while I've got you, I wanted to remind you about the Marketing Matrix Toolbox. As you know, this is a resource that has tons of free marketing tools to make your marketing journey easier. We add new content to it each week. What kind of great members area is that where we add new things every single week? So check it out and register if you have not yet done so. You can do that at toolbox.themarketingmatrixpodcast.com. And to make it even sweeter, we're actually having conversations about some of the tools that we're putting in there and about marketing and Facebook ads. So this is happening over in Facebook in my free but private Facebook group. I would love to invite you to join. It's called Facebook ads for coaches, course creators, and lifestyle brands. It's an awesome community. So come on over, get your ad game on and scale your business while saving time. You can join that group at www.facebook.com groups slash FB ad ninjas. Cause we are ad ninjas over there. All right. That's it for now. See you next time on the marketing matrix.